0: Hey, everybody, happy Wednesday. Big show today. First, we're going to react to the reactions to Adam Newman's funding news. Lots of reactions, meta <laughs> reactions.
1: It's just infinity content. I'm sorry. Adam Newman is infinity content. Then, though, we're going to have a little startup talk, like a little like real or not real. We're talking about Boom Supersonics deal with American Airlines to sell a bunch of
0: really fast airplanes. And then we're gonna talk about Goodfellows, a an amazing, heartwarming new startup that's been funded in India. I'll give you the backstory there.
1: Very sweet. And then of course we're gonna wrap with Jason and his uh next edition of The Blueprint. It's gonna be a great show.
2: It's gotta be a great show. <laughs> Stick with us. This week in Startups is brought to you by WorkOS, is a developer platform to make your app enterprise ready with a few simple APIs. You can immediately add common enterprise features like single sign-on, multi-factor authentication, and more. Go to WorkOS.com to learn how to make your app enterprise ready. Visa, are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? Learn more at visa.com/small-business-hub. And Brave is an internet privacy company on a mission to protect your personal info online. Download Brave today at brave.com slash twist to browse faster, search privately, and so much more, all in a single click.
0: Hey everybody, it's Wednesday, you made it. We're at the top of the mountain. You're listening to this. It's all downhill, right, Molly?
1: It is. It's going to be great. It's almost the weekend. It's summer here in the Bay Area. I know some of you are starting to have your pumpkin spice lattes and your big sweaters. We are in full summer attire in the Bay Area because summer starts
0: August 15th. Well, with global warming, uh, you know, it's like we all get to live in Mexico City. (laughs) (laughs) It's actually very temperate. (laughs) Incredible. I, I feel like L.A. is turning into Mexico. Uh, mm-hmm. in terms of temperature and mm-hmm. climate, yeah. Yeah. San Francisco is turning into LA, <laughs> like we're having these like heat waves that felt like when I lived in, you know, Santa Monica, Brentwood. Yeah. Uh, and I think that means Mexico turns into the third circle of hell <laughs> or something <laughs> like Burgundy, <Bergen. laughs> like how hot is it going to get? Uh, did you see the Austin temperatures? No. Like, you know, Austin, Texas and Mexico is the same thing, right? This is like the yeah, same. Yeah, it it's pretty hot in Austin. It was over 100 degrees. If you were to look at the monthly chart of Austin, a lot of my friends who moved to Austin were like, how come nobody told me about this? I was like, they warned you like 20 times. You did not listen. That's
1: what I'm talking about. August
0: in Austin, or it just Texas. August in Austin is he 100 100 degrees every day. It's horrific. All right, let's do it. We got a good show today. These topics have been so rich, and you and I are having too much fun. Way too much fun. Way too much fun. So Monday. Love this job. (laughs) Monday we talked about work from home for an hour. Tuesday that was that was just
1: yesterday. Monday was, was that yesterday, the, and Monday right? was Monday Adam was Newman full on Adam Newman news. Yesterday we just I mean,
0: batted around work from home for an hour. It's about, it's literally, this it's is, just is just work, too much. You shock. guys it's work. It's work. And then the funnier this gets, like the more people show up for the live stream, which has been great. youtube.com slash this weekend. Like we're just getting three hundred people live every best. day. It's pretty hilarious. And we. Some of the jokes are only for the live audience. So this if you're hearing this, you're hearing the podcast, but there's another half hour of shenanigans that you don't hear on the show that only for the noties in the live audience, youtube.com slash this weekend. Uh, okay, but we have to start. We have such a full docket of news. We really do. That it just keeps overflowing into the next day. But we have to do a roundup of the reactions to the reactions to A16 giving Adam Newman $350 million before he launches his company.
1: I mean- we're all familiar with the thing that happens on Twitter where there's an event and then a backlash to the event and then a backlash all the way back around the aruberos cycle where pretty soon the worm is just eating its own tail. And that is sort of what happens. Like the 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 somewhat obvious, we had a lot of fun with this, obviously. I think we also yeah. mentioned the fact that, like, yes, of course it is patently unfair that this guy who committed all this chicanery then just lands a $350 million check when like all kinds of founders are out here struggling to even get a meeting. Yeah. So that, that was sort of the expected and immediate response, right? Like as exemplified by this New York post story, mm. which was, you know, investors yeah,
0: aggregated. So this is something that happens to like Bill Simmons and some other folks. Like you, you talk about something on your pod and then people reaggregate it. So th- they actually, the journalist reached out to me because I guess he had heard my rule, you know, Jason's rule, if a company becomes worth a billion dollars before yeah. it launches products, it's probably a fraud. Um, I, I don't think that actually applies here because it word probably is in Jason's rule. But I basically, th- I was like, oh my God, you know, the New York Post, I haven't been in the New York Post in a long time. So I was like, what's the best <laughs> quote I could give to the <laughs> Post? And let me try to give them two or three of those.
1: Because uh, <laughs> I you. know, as a former <laughs> journalist,
0: I know quote bait. You've yeah. heard of link bait? Yeah. yeah. There's a level below, which is quote bait. And, you know, it's like AKA sound bites. But read a couple of my quotes in here because I was just <laughs> baiting this journalist. I was like, I'm just going to give this journalist like uh, um, the alley-oop pass for the clear dunk. Yeah. And it, and,
1: and they took it. Not surprisingly. After it. the story was published online, Calacanis responded to an email from the post and said that he had faith in Newman, quote, if Adam opened a hot dog stand in Staten Island, I would invest, Calacanis said. I actually think he has an 80% chance of making this work since this is his revenge startup.
0: Okay, now let's break down my quote. I mean. This is how you make quote bait. Number one, there's gotta be collateral damage. So Staten Island's a collateral damage, right? Yep. So it's like, who, who, what's great collateral damage for people who have to read the New York Post? Well, there's people on the Staten Island Ferry. There's people coming from Brooklyn and <laughs> Queens, whatever. You know, they're going huh. into work. They pick up the post like I used to. And, uh, you know, you're just zipping through it. So I had to take like a little collateral damage for Staten Island. And then like, you know, a hot dog stand is classic New York, right? Hot so dog. So a hot dog stand in Staten Island is like totally. the worst business I could think of it to have. Like, can you imagine you get that job? That's the worst hot job you could have is a hot dog stand. It's working social. on a hot dog stand. It's social. It, it kind of. Listen, it's not a dig to anybody, but it's not the best business in the world. Anyway, but then... I gave them a term, a term mm-hmm. of art. Like terms of art, this is just another one. When you can make up a term of art, like revenge startup, you know, like kind of that's how memes work with words. So if you can brand, branding works that way. Bless so you, was that like, was the most mansplaining particular sentence ever. That's how well, memes I was doing it for worked, the like audience, words. but yeah. <laughs> like, you know how words work when you put you them how, together. Like, if you put and some you make- words together. To make a new term. a thought. Yes. <laughs> but you had one yesterday, like the quiet quitting. Uh, yeah. Was it quiet I quitting? I wish I made that up, but I okay. did not make so that up. There like, there so there's me and Molly. <laughs> there's me and Molly. You see I'm working out and you see Molly has grown. <laughs> that's actually, that's my, actually true. That I'm 5'9". I'm like five eight and a half, but I say five nine sometimes. Yep. I round up. i like start five, rounding down. And a half, and I say six feet. And you're like so, six yeah. foot. Yeah. So this is me talking to Molly, <laughs> <laughs> how about how words work? <laughs> how words work. <laughs> anyway, for people who're not watching the video, it's just a picture of a meme of a jacked guy who's bald and three feet shorter than a woman who looks like Heather Graham in a crop top with her hair blown out. Oh God! And, uh, so and if Molly got extensions. How words work. We should, can somebody just take that picture and put right now. this week at startups? <laughs> we'll, make it the, we'll make it the album art. The album art. <laughs> oh, we'll it, we should totally make it the album art for your one year anniversary.
1: I mean, I think we pretty much have to.
0: <laughs> anyway, so that was my joke about it. And there's the New York Post. Uh, but yes, revenge uh, startup is
1: super yes, evocative and everyone evocative.
0: is going to start using it. No, so doubt, about it. You, no do doubt about it. That's how you do it. No doubt about it. You know, and then having a rule. Uh, heuristic is also bait so people with heuristics rules yada yada see molly a heuristic mm-hmm. is h-e-u-r-i me why molly's vocabulary we have to do a, voc- a vocabulary test i guarantee you molly's vocabulary is 30 percent higher than mine easily easily um <laughs> Right, However, so,
1: as you may have heard on yesterday's show, I I cannot do basic factors of 10 math. So, I do get you on the back all of the envelope.
0: Evens out. Let's go through some of the other reactions. Right. yeah. So,
1: there were lots of reactions to the reactions, of course. And so then you start to see so the 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 headline of that post story was investors slam uh, WeWork we work founders quote disgusting comeback. And then you start to see, not surprisingly, the boomerang and people start to defend the Newman deal, including somewhat surprisingly, Sarah Lacey, who was mm. you know a long time, a big name tech journalist back when you and I were doing this, um, yep. but is now uh, doing other things. But said, I don't really get the. Confusion. I think she's got a mom startup. Like a, she got a mom uh, startup, women's yeah. group,
0: mom startup.
1: Yep, exactly. She did Pando Daily, and then now she's on this Chairman Me, which is like a mom startup thing. A friend of mine yeah. actually went to one of her retreats, and
0: I heard really great. enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. I heard it's great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, people l- need those mastermind that. kind of things. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it's great. Um, anyway, but she wrote back and said, I don't get the confusion or she wrote back. She tweeted a long thread saying, I don't get the confusion over the Mark Andreessen, and Adam Newman deal. She said, this is totally in keeping with how Mark has always invested and how Silicon Valley does. Housing, she writes, is a huge problem. Newman has a track record of raising gargantuan funds and going after huge real estate issues. Mark likes funding huge, bold ideas. And she also points out there are scores of people who blew up and later built or delivered the biggest scores in Valley history. The investors who won are the ones who gave them a second chance, like, say, Sean Parker. Of course. Totally left for dead by all of Silicon Valley except for Peter Thiel, who he delivered Facebook to. And then she says Mark himself was someone who the world tried to write off after Netscape, make a poster child for the dot-com excesses. This is all making sense. Yeah. And then there's this kind of outlier tweet here about how as for the mark doesn't want high density housing in his hood he isn't particularly social and he's also on the board of the world's largest social media company i don't see how that's super relevant okay yeah said.
0: that's a hot take that's not have take. to agree with it it's a hot take you don't have to agree with it but she's right i mean we try to make this point over and over again to people you know and i think the way i said it yesterday was if you're credibly audacious mm-hmm Past shenanigans are easily looked over. I'm, I'm, yep. I'm working on like a Jason's second rule of of startups or founders. A so you have that first one, and then this is a second one that's like a corollary, which is if yeah. you are credibly audacious, you've taken a company public, the company changed the world, company defined a category, mm-hmm. whatever it is, or even mm-hmm. if you failed, but it was cr- it was like audacious became a noun, like the Buffett rule.
1: You know, yeah. The Buffett yeah, yeah. investing rule. Sure. Really is like, I don't really do tech, but if it's a noun, I'm into it, or a verb, sure.
0: Yeah, yeah, I take it, uh, you take an Uber like or, Uber. yeah, you, you don't we work something, but you get a we work, right? So you yeah. would, if you said, and just, just get a we work.
1: Shorthand, it's like Kleenex,
0: you know? A we work means an office share. So even yes. if you got it at another place, it would still be a we work. Right. So know, if it either uh, becomes a verb or a noun shorthand. Yes. You know, that's, it's a Uber, big deal. You yeah, door like- it. You Google
1: it. She also Sarah Lacey also point out as for the check size. Do you know how much they have under management? See Quibi. It can totally blow up and not dent the fund. She said, I've been in the Valley since 99. And I'm so sick of the group thinking covering it. We can be morally outraged all the time, whether the market is up or down. We can also mm. look at business fundamentals. We can be oh. intellectually honest about mm. what we are critiquing and consistent. Whoa hmm Whoa. Yeah. That is, uh... And then she was like, Interesting comments
0: eyes. coming from Sarah, who has been quite, uh... Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't want to say it, but... Okay. Anyway, I, I would love to read these tweets, but she still got me blocked over Uber. So. Oh. Wah, wah. <laughs> wah, wah. If you're building an enterprise app, you need to offer SSO. What is SSO? That's single sign on. It is what it says it is. Basically, the ability for enterprise users to log into your app with their existing credentials. So if you work at a company, a big company, you know that they have an identity provider and you say to yourself, well, I can build that myself. I can write all that code and put it into my app. That's fine, but that's hard and you're gonna be duplicating a bunch of work, just like you might wanna do payments, but you don't wanna duplicate all that work. And then you have to maintain all those integrations in your app with every single identity provider your customers might use, and new ones are coming out, the specs change, and then your login breaks, you don't know it's broken, yada, yada, yada. It is a ton of technical overhead. Well, this is why you need to check out WorkOS. It's basically Stripe for all those important enterprise features. You know how people wanted to put payments into their products and it was arduous and painful and then Stripe came out and you just drop a little code snippet in and you're done. That's what WorkOS does. Simple API plugins that let you move faster, spend less time on developers, and you don't have to worry about maintaining all those integrations. They don't just have SSOs. They also have APIs for multi-factor authentication and much more. WorkOS.com is gonna teach you how to do it. It's app enterprise ready. And if you wanna learn more about their different integrations, Just go to their podcast. It's the WorkOS podcast. WorkOS.com slash podcast, or just search for WorkOS podcast in your podcast player. Welcome to the This Week in Startups family WorkOS.
1: But it was really interesting, and it was sort of interesting as the day went on and the couple of days to see... The 48 hours? (laughs) The 48 hours, exactly. Um, And then really, I think one of the best tweets of all time, possibly, Mm -hmm. Talia Goldberg Mm. tweeted... This is good. Really want to man. meet Adam Newman and see if he can hypnotize me or if I'm too powerful, if I'm powerful enough to resist. Talia. To it's a great not, tweet.
0: That's 10 of 10. None of us are. 10 of 10. I would steal it. I would, 10 would definitely 10, 10, steal, I would steal tweet. that
1: tweet. It's outstanding. And also no one can. He's like Emperor Palpatine.
0: Shout out Talia. Give me another follow right now. Never call
1: me Adam Newman. I will write a check. I can't be trusted.
0: Uh, I thought for the ladies out there, I would do a little <laughs> meme tweet, a little joke. So here's my meme tweet. Ah, uh, because a lot of women—I mean, people were the the, the counter Sarah Lacey's counter is to people who are like, "Oh my God, this is unfair." It says something about gender. It says something about whatever.
1: Well, there, Whiteness, yeah. I mean, gender, again, we pointed this out. There are all these yeah. underrepresented founders, particularly women, who can't even get a meeting, and this guy yeah. can get, you know, a billion dollars in total just yeah
0: by hypnotizing people. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So I anyway, tweeted you on this one. Actually, yeah, go
0: for it. So I was just like, you know, what this reminds me of like. <laughs> can you imagine you're a female founder who had a meeting at a 16 Z this week with a male partner? Like, how does that meeting start? Yeah. And you know, if if a woman did say like, Oh yeah, congrats on the, WeWork," uh, I'm sorry, the flow investment, (laughs) uh, they'd be like, Adam created an entire category of residential is ready to be disrupted. And you can (laughs) see here, this is the meme of the woman who looks like Heather Graham being yelled at by a short king
1: with the arms the size of his own
0: chest who's yeah with a guy whose arm is literally bigger than his skull i didn't know that was physically and anatomically possible uh with a serious with a serious devops beard (laughs) <laughs> That's the DevOps spirit. <laughs> and look, there it is. This week at Startups, Jason Gallagher, in Mollywood. Oh, it's classic. <laughs> it's going to stick. It's me mansplaining to Molly. <laughs> oh, if you guys can't see it, we just made a version of this. As our, as our
1: new podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And we sorry? need to make one of these it's with Wednesday U.S. Khaleesi. We're having fun today. <clears throat> we have to make one of these with U.S. Khaleesi and then me as another Game of Thrones character. Oh, my God. Seriously. This is I incredible. mean, this meme, th- I'm just going to the audience right now. Just if you can make a giving. better meme than this, <laughs> I'm sending you $100 worth of liquid IV. Yeah, <laughs> oh, this yeah. meme is classic. Just have at it, folks. Uh, can you just put out the <laughs> This Week in Startups overlay nick for people as a reply tweet to this? <laughs> and you, you feel free to tweet this. But anyway, that was my- This is unbelievable. This That was good. I retweeted that one today. That was very funny. Thank you. Thank you. In seriousness, how should, what is the proper contextualization framing that you put on this as a female capital allocator yeah. B- looking at this, is it actually an issue of gender? D- does it speak to some larger issue or as Sarah saying, Hey, let's be intellectually honest. You know, I people mean, who are Mavericks both. get funding. It's both. It's both. It's okay. always both.
1: And it's always mm-hmm. going to be both because there's not like, there's not like some things that are sexist and some things that are not. All right. You, like, you sort of like think of these things as a condition. We, mm-hmm. uh, ha- we're a sexist society, with discrimination built in Mm -hmm. full stop right like from the beginning yeah so there is always going to be some aspect of that adam newman got funded the first time Mm. right for being having a huge vision and being like a tall handsome guy with great hair hair like a prince will get
0: you you know He was super amazing salesperson, right? And he's a uh, super
1: amazing, he is. He's the Emperor Palpatine of selling. Like, you cannot resist the guy. He's
0: literally got that Jedi mind trick down. But also, and. um, Exactly, it's and. It's all and. It's always and, to your point. And he, what people forget is, so yes, he's being given like a huge swath of cash here before the product's even launched. That is like, notable so you have to work backwards. Okay, let's talk about his first company. Oh, Masa gave him. It's a red flag. It's a red to your flag. Point. Mm-hmm. Masa gave him a huge amount of money. And that was like, whoa, how do we process this? Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then you have to go backwards. Green desk. The guy had a vision mm-hmm. for shared office space. He had a failed startup. Well, not failed. He had a middling project, green desk, that he barely owned because he had a partner on it. He, he wound up selling it to them, as you saw, and then creating WeWork. So he was a bootstrapping founder. He was the bootstrapper's bootstrapper. Yeah. So for people to look at him now and say, oh my God, it's a privilege issue. Sure, there's privilege. We, nobody's going to say there's not privilege. It's not unfair, you know, bias in the world. Right. But this is not that. I don't think this is his, a privilege issue right here. He is somebody who started as a bootstrapper, built a credible company. It went off the rails with Masayoshi san giving up absurd amounts of money, which said more about Masa than Adam. Mm-hmm. That was Masa, you know, Adam Newman was just like fireball and he just walked into like a gas refinery, (laughs) Masa. Right. That is very true. It just was random. Very true. And you you guys did
1: a great job talking about that on All In, about SoftBank finding itself in this position where it just had to not only deploy capital quickly, Mm. but a ton, an absurd amount of capital Two billion a month. And so you hand a total. two billion a week. Right. Like you hand a toddler like a machete and a fire, the flamethrower. Yeah. And like stuff gets Might destroyed and burned down. <laughs> yes. Right. Yes. But then the question is, is Mark Massa now? Did he just hand the same, t- right? This is the thing we don't know is did he just hand the same toddler yeah. the same dangerous tools? And we have no idea. Like I more than one time have referenced that deal book interview that Adam Newman did with Andrew Ross Orkin after We Crashed yeah. came out where he sold us all. Like, yeah. we all watched that interview and we're like, I unironically would give him money again. There's no doubt about it. And there's no, no and I want to be super clear. There is no indication whatsoever in that interview that he learned any lessons at all. No, it wasn't and like a super, super remorseful thing. No, no, I still was like, that guy is as charming as a literal cobra snake charmer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If he like literally came and said, I'm, I've got an idea for mobile hot dog delivery. It's a stand, you push it and you can order a hot dog over an app, and they'll put sauerkraut on it. You know, they'll put onions on it, mustard, whatever you want, and we're only delivering on Highland Boulevard, we're all in. <laughs> <laughs> and we're, our second location is gonna be on the Staten Island Ferry. So it's right. incredible brand extension. Like, so Staten that Island-
1: all the other issues that there are? There, those issues are true, they exist, like women yeah. don't get funded enough, and people of color, and old people, and all kinds sure. of underrepresented founders. And also, also. this guy's a GD Ninja.
0: Exactly. I think that's all the reactions we got, right? Yeah, We're yeah. Pretty yeah. good there. Yeah, it's pretty good reaction. So, oh, but oh, you're not gonna believe this, Molly. This is one. Of, it's the power of the podcast. People are uh, sending me leaks from inside of Flow. You're not gonna believe this, but there's a brand extension coming, <laughs> and they built a landing page for it. And somebody just tipped me off. I got a slip. Somebody sent it to my DMs. Hmm. Um, hmm. Check this out. <laughs> Apparently, FlowTequila.com is up. <laughs> And you can sign up for updates. So wow. go ahead and sign up. Sign me up there. Jason at Let's Definitely. make sure I, let's make sure I'm okay. Well, I'm going to get emails about flow I can't wait for this to launch. Oh my goodness. A tequila club. Like I've always been waiting for. Well, who knows? I mean, I mean, it's a flow brand extension, but interesting, you know, he liked to throw those camping There's parties. community around And tequila. the raves and everything like that this is a different person leaking from inside newman's this is two separate dams i mean the, i suppose these could be two di- same person two different burner accounts but look at this one's coming well, there's another flow watch. brand extension coming i can't believe it and this one to me makes a lot of sense because you've got young people that have apartments this makes a lot of sense to me maybe more so than flow tequila.com uh but <laughs> flow rave.com is up and running <laughs> and i totally want to go to a flow rave with adam <laughs> newman
1: uh, rave, so raves are coming is- this is how good this guy is. He can bring raves back.
0: He's going to bring uh, Single-handedly. raves Single-handedly. But, you know, that a lot of people have asked him. Flow rave. Did we pay for all these? <laughs> <laughs> Don't ruin the bet. <laughs> a lot of people have asked, like, what happens, you know, to people, you know, are they going to outgrow being part of the Flow brand? hmm And uh, the same leaker told me, like, not only Flow rave and Flow tequila, you know, great brand extensions, right on great, yeah. Adam Newman's brand. On brand, yeah, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This one's coming because he wants to do the full life cycle of a uh, <laughs> this is the full life cycle of his customer base. You are going to be able to go to flowgrave.com. You'll be able to from tequila to grave. Tequila from rave grave. to from rave to grave, the flow life experience. Wow. From rave to grave is their tagline. That's rave they said that's what they're grave. working on as a tagline for Flow. From rave this, to this grave. This is
1: like a, they're just really we're, we're helping to float that trial balloon, I think. Rave to grave. Tell us what you think. Producers at thisweekinstartups.com We'd love yeah. to know
0: what you think about. Maybe Apple's some interesting brand extensions tagline. Are coming soon. Rave to grave. We're beating this horse. <laughs> and we'll continue to do so. We will you can continue be certain to. <laughs> Here's This is going to be <laughs> chef's kiss for the year. <laughs> this is Christmas in August. Are you a small business owner? Did you know that Visa's online small business hub has tools, discounts, and resources to help you run your business? So whether you're a business beginner or an entrepreneurial expert, Find the solutions, tools, and tips you need to help take your business to the next level. Plus, if you have a Visa business credit card or debit card, you can get access to cardholder benefits like Visa Savings Edge, a savings program which can help you save on everyday business expenses like office essentials, travel and more. When you enroll your Visa business card in Visa Savings Edge, you'll have access to valuable offers, which can help turn qualifying business purchases made with your enrolled Visa business card into savings for your business. Learn more at Visa.com slash small business hub. Once again, that's visa.com slash small business hub visa, a network working for everyone.
1: Speaking of supersonic success. Hey, uh, American Airlines. (laughs) You'll understand this pun in a minute. And I apologize in advance. American Airlines is going to buy up to 20 commercial supersonic jets from aircraft maker and basically startup boom supersonic.
0: Yeah, they've been on the podcast. They were on Mm -hmm. episode, uh, 638 uh, a mere 900 episodes ago what a pace we're going at uh back in 2016 but you know i hear their business is booming
1: hey oh hey ho never uh never gets old never never people to
0: create a an airplane company a company that builds planes and call it boom Is audacious. Continue. (laughs) (laughs) Just as an aside, (laughs) you make an excellent, if terrifying point. That is true. Tragedy Um, Airlines was taken. (laughs) TragedyAirlines.com was already taken.
2: (laughs) <laughs> Shrieking
1: descent. too long, too long. Via Reuters, this brings boom's total order book to 130 jets valued okay. at $26 billion. American is actually the second U.S. airline to agree to purchase these jets. And uh, remember, supersonic jets are the ones that can fly at two times the speed of today's fastest commercial aircraft. So they're not quite Concorde level speed, okay. um, but they're incredibly fast over it, get, they can allegedly fly from miami to london in under five hours cutting the standard nine hour flight time in half which would be amazing yeah. overture is the name of the jet and um
0: yeah i'm gonna go ahead and say name the company overture drop the boom yeah drop but sonic boom. boom i get it i mean i but when not to P- when the consumers yeah, hear boom you don't want to hear when that. one of these things blow up the new york post is going to be like <sighs> boom You're right. goes boom like Planes blow up. Tragically, one of these will blow up. And Rachel's then it's going to be road. Meme Central. Whoopsie. Airlines,
1: yeah, boom goes boom is bad. That's that's going to happen. That's really going to happen. So the Overture, let's just continue to refer to it as the Overture. That's a great idea. Has four engines, can carry 65 to 80 passengers, is uh, designed to run on a more sustainable aviation fuel blend. And it looks cool as hell. It but is cool. what is interesting about this, too, is, you know, I mean, I have been... Annoying you about various electric plane companies here and there because it's like it's so cool and you really want it to happen. But kudos to the makers of Overture for creating an airplane startup.
0: Yeah, really hard. Yeah. Any hardware is hard. And this is like as hard as hardware it gets. I mean, right?
1: I would think so. It's Rockets also, would be harder. Rockets, yeah, pretty difficult. Evidently, Boom said the overture is designed to be seventy five percent less expensive than the Concord for airlines to operate. Mm-hmm. So the the cost of the ticket doesn't have to be we'll so see. high. So a Concord ticket apparently uh, was thirty times more expensive than an average ticket.
0: It was five thousand each way in the eighties and nineties. Right. To go from New York to London. Of course, the issue was you could not fly these over land, and uh two mm-hmm. of them I think blew up uh was the problem with the Concorde? one of them was because the wheels or something uh lit on fires but i think there were two major accidents somebody will correct me on that and you you can't go over land because of that sonic boom right and so overture said they're going to try to make it less boomy so i guess the concept was you could fly it over if let's say you were flying from austin you could i guess fly non-supersonic speed and then when you get over the water you could turn it up I guess
1: so. Right. I mean, they don't go as fast as the Concord either way. So maybe it's just not as much of a sound. So the timeline is still, I mean, hardware is hard. We should say that these jets have been ordered, but the timeline is uh, no joke. 2025 is when they're expected to come off the production line. 2026 is when they're expected to start test flights and will not. uh, (laughs) They're projecting they'll carry their first passengers not until 2029. And then evidently the deal has some conditions. So mm-hmm. American Airlines agreed to buy these planes, but I think are not would not have to buy them if they don't deliver in time.
0: Yeah. And uh, all of these uh, letters of intent, LOIs, purchase orders, you know, like if this company was going public, you remember the Niccolo controversies, uh, the one that was making the vans for Amazon that Amazon owned 10% of like, all of these letters have out clauses in them, some of them are non-binding, Payment terms. So, if you were looking at companies, you really—if you're making a J trade on a public company or doing a private investment—you just want to know. But it's a—it's a. I say letters of intent are, you know, totally. I I don't even count them as any revenue. Yeah, Um, they're usually just press releases, to be honest. And so, I think that's what this is. I'm not meaning to be cynical, but I I don't really give this any credence because you can back out of it, uh, and it's just Mm -hmm. an option. Now, if they paid in full, or it was an amount of money that was significant to the individual Then you can look at it differently. I'll give you two examples. Uh, with the Roadster, you had to pay upfront $150,000 mm. and then wait three years for that Tesla Roadster. Dang. For the Model S, you had to pay in full $120,000 and wait two years or three years, whatever it was. And I have both of those. I have the signature 16 and the signature number one. Uh, but then when they did the Model 3, I think it was $1,000. I think so. But, um, I think it was a thousand. Mm-hmm. I think for the Cybertruck was five hundred. So you know, the full you, you, okay, that's non-refundable. You get the cash in the bank. If the company goes out, you lose your money. So if that if that was the case here, great. Then you look at you know a thousand dollars on a fifty thousand dollars, two percent. So if these planes are going to cost two hundred million each or whatever they a hundred million, each, they're probably going to cost a hundred two hundred million maybe 200 million, I'm guessing. Private jets, like, top out at 50, 60, and then the, you know, commercial jets are in that 200 range. It makes sense, right? You think about a 20-year lifespan of them, yada, yada, and what mm-hmm. they can do in general, or generate in revenue. If they received but 2%, the same as the Model 3, I would be super impressed by this. Right. Because 2% would be 4 million per jet. 4 million per jet, 100 jets ordered, 400 million in revenue. They may have co- collected that. I don't know. Maybe to get your reservation and be in line, you have to put down... 2%, 3%. So there would be skin in the game and it would be non-refundable. Hmm.
1: So that's what I, the devils
0: would be in the detail. Uh, that's a this. good
1: way to evaluate those types of yeah. deals when they come in the door too, yeah.
0: Well, when we look at LLI, deals-
1: Nick, someone, is a great, that is a great VC Sunday school topic.
0: Yeah, um, how to account for letters of intent, mm-hmm, pre-orders, on mm-hmm. Kickstarters.
2: Uh, Molly, do you see things. that that's big in the climate space?
1: Yes, because uh, there's a lot of like big infrastructure hardware right. pitches, right? Like it's a, there's a, like a desalination machine or uh, an electric jet or a power Fine, a microgrid whatever. station for EV chargers, right? There's this, that, there's a million different things. And it's all like, yeah, we have an LOI for bajillions of dollars. The, the LOIs are always for bajillions. It's a
0: letter of nothing. It's a technical term. what I refer to them as letters of nothing. Orders are orders letters of nothing are letters of nothing. So I like orders with cash uh, deposits. That makes sense. You know, I think when you look at it, pre orders are incredible, incredible validation, because it means you have a customer who wants the product so badly, they're willing to give up their cash, knowing there's a chance they won't get it back. And they want to see you succeed which is the entirety of Kickstarter indiegogo, and why I love meeting founders who have raised on those platforms, there are problems with those platforms, we'll talk about it when we do a VC Sunday school on this, but just back of the envelope math, you know, they said Concord tickets were like 30 times more, which Mm -hmm. makes sense. Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, they were $5,000 to 10,000 for a round trip. And back then, you know, flights were two, 300 bucks, right? Um, I think in the 90s, I think we'd pay 300 bucks for a flight, you know, 500 bucks for a flight. So no, it's 20 times 500 is 10,000 or so and I think 5000 was like the minimum a Concord flight would be so that, that kind of is directionally correct today. Interestingly, ticket prices actually haven't gone up all that much with the exception of the bump in um, fuel costs recently because of the war in Ukraine. Uh, so today 2019 flights were in domestic US were 359, probably international is probably 50% more than that say 500. And that's round trip. So 500 times 30 is 15,000. So I would say my guess is that overture tickets are gonna be, if they said it's gonna be 75% less, 75% less than 15K or 20K, I might put it at 20K, 75 less with 5,000. I can't see these being less than 5,000 round trip. I would doubt that. It's gotta be, I I don't believe them. I don't believe their numbers. I think they're wrong or they're just being delusional. I can't see these tickets going for less than $15,000 round trip. Really? Because, I mean, just look, if you want, because these are all going to be business class tickets, by the way. There's no yeah. coach. There's no yeah, such thing no. as coach on these. It's all going to be one class and the class will be business. And so yeah. I would say right now, business class to London, New York, or Miami is going to be 10 to 20 grand business first class round trip. I don't think they're going to undercut it. I don't buy it. And, and I'm not sure about this jet fuel stuff being green. All right, everybody, listen, I love Brave. I've been using Brave for the last couple of months, and it is so much faster than any browser I've ever used. And it doesn't have all of those ads and trackers and creepy stuff happening on my computer. They really have three core products built into Brave. The core browser, which is tight, and it has all these great extensions that just work. They have the search engine and they have a browser native crypto wallet. Brave's browser has over 60 million users already and thousands of daily downloads. Plus all of this is built on Chromium, which is the open source Chrome project. So you're going to feel pretty familiar with it, all your extensions from Chrome are going to work. But here's the best part, they're going to work like two or three times faster than in Chrome, because they're not going to bog you down with all those ads. And I tell you something, the Chrome extensions are some of the worst offenders in terms of adding a bunch of trackers, you can import your bookmarks, your passwords and settings from Chrome or any other browsers in just one click. So you're going to be off to the races day one, and it doesn't track your website visits, your searches or your clicks. Producer Nick uses it, and he loves it. Rachel uses it. We all Love having a browser that's fast. It's truly private and independent. Their search engine is independent. So download Brave today. Brave.com slash twist to browse faster, search privately, and so much more, all in a single click. I guarantee you, you are going to love it. Brave.com slash twist. When they say jet fuel stuff is green, I think it's a lot of questions about sustainable. Yeah, I think it's like 10%. Sustainable,
1: that's a word that's doing a lot of work in that sense. Yeah, a lot of work. Should we be producing
0: these, Molly? Is this these what the jets. world needs? Is this ethical or moral to produce these? I They're going to burn more fuel. This thing's going to burn much more fuel per person. Would imagine it's going to
1: burn much more fuel, yeah. And it I'm needs not to, to go twice as fast. As how, yeah. Like how much, like a Bugatti Veyron gets like a half a mile to the gallon going 200 miles an
0: hour. It's the, uh, I think it's like every 10 or 20 miles per hour above like 65 you go is mm-hmm. some significant percentage more. Yeah. Right? Because you have to rev the engine that much hotter, and it takes much more energy. So I have a feeling this is unconscionable on a fuel spent per person basis, probably.
1: And I think by 2029, you are actually going to see enough flight shaming. Like, I think that there's not even necessarily shaming, but incentives, like, I think there's going to be significantly less flying, because it is it, you know, now we just bop around places. Without really thinking about it, and most of those, many, many, many of those trips are not necessary. Like, there's no reason I need to fly across the country, you know, go to take a, dinner, a bunch of cabs to go to a dinner and come back. Yeah, exactly. I like, it. From a, I mean, from I did mixed games, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, anybody like anybody practicing business or something at a high level or fun at a high level, which you practice, <laughs> has done Try. some yeah. version of this, and increasingly, sure. I think that's going to be start to be considered, you know socially unacceptable
0: it already has flight shaming in europe is a thing um and especially when you have a train system so uh, when i'm in europe i do like to take the trains only because i i I enjoy it i find it pleasurable um so i just love going from like pancreas station to gardnerd a Gard nord uh you know Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. channel thing from london to uh, paris i just find that more fun i'd rather do that for three or four hours you know talk have a coffee and you know what i do is I go right to the dining car. I spend the whole time in the dining car. I'm so that guy. Lovely. Trains are so I go so lovely. right to the dining car. I park. I'm keeping that table for the whole ride. Yeah. Not giving it up.
1: But yeah, I mean, the only reason you think you need to get from, you know, Miami to London in five hours instead of nine is because you think you have like a really important business meeting there. And by 2029, that's not going to be acceptable. And you're going to have VR meetings like I'd say, it, but you are. And um, Zoom. And it's just not.
0: Or you'll have high speed trains. Going to be Or necessary. tunnels and you'll have self-driving. So you put all that together. There's no reason for planes to fly in the Northeast corridor of the United States. You can take Excela. you can take all these trains. There is no reason for people to be flying from New York to DC to Boston, mm-hmm. that whole corridor, if they just made the trains 50 miles per hour faster, which is easily yeah. doable, you yeah. could just throw away all the planes in that area. Can you imagine how many planes come out of the air if you did that? Yeah. And then now you, you do Europe. Yeah. Like. Does there need to be any flights between London, Germany, you know, France? Like, I'm I'm not sure which countries on the continent.
1: No, not really
0: on the the continent. And also that you think about the there's mountains, but you know, if you can get better tunneling technology, there's really no reason for it, Um, Mm -hmm. especially with high speed trains. If you can get these trains all to 150 miles per hour, 250 miles per hour, you'd see what happens in China and you see what happens in uh, Japan. Yep. You know, like just take the train. Like, yeah. why would you do anything else? It doesn't make any. And it, it just have to make the trains more dope. Like the train has to be more fun yes. and just even more easy. Just keep making the trains easier, like and subway
1: easier. level easy. None of that. Like buy a ticket and do the blah blah blah. Do the like, whole. Why thing am I buying a ticket? You know, like it's yeah. just
0: you get a smartphone. You get on. They, they should just you get on. You I love passes. the conductor system. I love the pass system. You know, just swipe I, I told you i ordered those bobas I, i'm really loving the apple watch lifestyle of paying for things and just quickly going through like clear you know does at airports those things i think mean more to people than uh, they're being under, it's being underestimated how much those little accoutrements mean to people mm-hmm. if you upgraded the food on these trains mm-hmm. upgraded the seating and upgraded the wi-fi train consumption would go way up yeah just, just make it high speed put those uh you know, low earth orbit satellites, star links on each train. Yep. This is why I think we should subsidize. Some safety tra- I, I mean, for sure. Subsidize yeah. trains, yes, high-speed trains, and subsidize um, e-bikes are my two pet peeves. Uh, but yeah, I would like to know b- what booms, and I, I, I'm not like on the company or anything. Uh, hope people don't take it that way. I do think there's a case for having this. I just don't think this should be the default. So that's mm-hmm. why I was sort of teeing it up to you. Do you think it's moral, ethical? I like your answer. I think a lot of people are gonna opt out when they find out how much fuel this burns, and then for other people, if you're a dignitary, if you're a CEO, if you're somebody who time is money, you know, if it's the president of the United States, if it's mm-hmm. a senator, a congressperson, a CEO, and like they just have a big schedule, or you know, they play for a basketball team, or it's a musician, I actually look at those and I say, you know what? People were giving Katy Perry or somebody a hard time about their jet. I can't remember who it was. Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. And I'm like, mm-hmm. you know how much joy Taylor Swift brings people when she plays to a stadium? I'm fine with her burning 100 times as much jet fuel because she's flying to a stadium to make 30,000 people have a great night. It's totally fine, hmm. as opposed to those people going and slapping to her backyard. Better to fly her there quick in style and let people have that joy, just like having a basketball team go from place to place. The basketball teams wouldn't be able to do uh, the thing that entertains us all, you know, these cross-country flights to do you know, the Warriors versus the Bulls, whatever. That's why they used to play regionally is because they were driving Greyhound buses. Right. Or taking commercial. So they mm-hmm. they would only play people in their own division. You know, the Atlantic division played the Atlantic division over and over again. You'd be like, wow, I wonder what's gonna happen when they play the Western division, you know, or Pacific, whatever, you know, place. Okay, I guess we move on.
1: Yes, congratulations. Seems like it's gonna work. Congratulations to Boom.
0: Yeah, it's, it's gonna, gonna work. It's going probably. The
1: name let's go overture should we do a, qu- a super quick happy startup of the day we have a really
0: Aww, happy I would love to do one
1: startup of the day this really? is just a freaking heart warmer. Oh, I, I saw like this article money. in Bloomberg this morning. Um, are you familiar with Tata Group? Like Tata is the sure. big car maker car. in India, among I think other things, this company. Rattan Tata is an Indian industrialist and he just made, this is sort of like a series A slash startup of the day announcement, just made a seed investment into a startup that connects young people with senior citizens. Rattan Tata himself is 85 years old. Okay. And put this investment into this company that's called Goodfellows. And the goal of it, is to promote intergenerational friendships. Aww. Basically, to connect seniors with recent graduates and allow them to, like, if you're the senior, then the graduates can accompany you on errands, do technology tutoring and assistance, visit the doctor join- with you, join you on walks, go to curated events. And Tata gave this quote and said, you don't know what it's like to be old, on- lonely until you spend time alone wishing for companionship. You don't mind getting old until you get old and you find it's a difficult world.
0: It's a great startup idea. Uh, we actually had a startup doing here? similar thing, uh, Papa.com. Uh, we had the founder on uh, this week at startups at one point. Aww, uh, and Papa.com does it here. And Papa um, gets insurance. They get reimbursed by insurance. So what Papa was doing is you don't have to bathe the person or you know do some of those or you know high-end stuff. Right, that, like, it's not like caretaking necessarily. Uh-huh. You take them shopping. Have dinner with them, you play a board game, you do errands. And so Papa's been doing this and companionship services. You know, we were talking, Molly, before, like what happens when these jobs go away? When did we were talking about that? Was that Monday yeah, on the. Yesterday. It was Monday. Yesterday. No, it was yesterday. Right. Monday yeah. was Adam Newman, work from mm-hmm. home. Remember, I said like call support jobs, SDRs, designers, video editors, you know, on the. All of these jobs on the bottom half, let's say, of that category. And increasing are going to be outsourced. So, what do you do with all these people? And I said, "Well, there's entry level jobs that are super important to have in society. This is the perfect one. You graduate yeah. from high school or college, you make forty bucks an hour, thirty bucks an hour, hanging out with some dope, you know, old like lady, old guy, accomplished person who can mentor you,
1: or you know, or not. Or but tell you way, stories, you're going to learn, tell you stories. Yeah,
0: yeah. Can you imagine they're telling you stories? Like if this was somebody who was thirty years old in the '60s." Right, mm-hmm. And they experienced the 60s as a 30-year-old, right? They got great memories. Or the 70s as a 30-year-old. Wow. So yeah. they lived through each of those. They would be now, if you were 30 years old in 1960, you would add 60
1: years 60 to that. 60 years, yeah. You would be 90. You'd be 90. And you wow. would have seen Or you'd be 80 if you experienced the 70s as
0: a 30-year-old. Can you yeah. imagine their stories of like yeah. Boogie Night stories or like Woodstock stories or Vietnam era? like? man, I would love to sit with somebody who is 85 years old and play checkers or whatever, go have a coffee. If yeah. I was in my 20s and get 30 bucks an hour to do that? This company was founded by a
1: 30-year-old who says actually that the idea for the startup came from uh, becoming friends with Rattan Tata. So Shantanu Naidu is the ah. founder um, who manages Tata's family office, it sounds like, and startup investment portfolio. And they had this friendship. They just really had a great rapport, and then decided that this should be a company. And apparently, getting—I mean, it's just a really—it's also just a really interesting story about a like magnate that tons of people have never heard of. Tata, yeah, Tata. Tata who, you people know, don't know like,
0: this, but Tata produced a two thousand dollar car at one point. Now, I don't yeah. know if you want to drive in that car. <laughs> I don't know—it's like on much safety. But <laughs> they were unbelievable um, uh, at, and we, maybe one of the producers can find one of these. T- Tata cars and what they cost in US dollars, but it was unbelievable what they were able to make. Mm -hmm. And then continuing today, I think they make some pretty amazing gas mileage cars.
1: Tata himself turned around the tradition-bound 168-year-old steel-to-airlines group that his great-grandfather founded and then has turned into this kind of like investing star He became an angel and he's backed over 50 startups, including the eyewear retailer Lenscart, digital payments brand Paytm, an electric vehicle startup, an online stock trading platform. He's like the best group of, (laughs) oh yeah, there it is, the Tata Nano. I remember this car. It's just
0: such an interesting story. I wonder what that cost in USDs. I remember it was three or 4,000. I think it was, yeah. Oh, wow, Tata, the world's cheapest car, the Tata Groups Nano that sells for $2,500 in India, may find a place in the US garages. Tata Nano may come to the US a five thousand dollar price tag. I mean, that would be crazy. That'd be crazy. Oh, I guess they stopped making them, Mm. or they're stopping to make them.
1: Anyway, it's a really nice startup of the day.
0: Really nice. nice. Very love it. Isn't that amazing though? That like a mountain, an e mountain bike costs five to ten to fifteen grand, depending on which (laughs) one you get. You can buy two Tatas or three Tata Nanos for the same price that seat four people. Yeah, I mean, pretty crazy. Uh, I think the way they did that was those cars. I could be wrong. Somebody will fact check me, but. There was a whole movement of taking uh scooter or um engines from motorcycles, putting them in cars that were lightweight that are meant to go under fifty five miles an hour. You know, like you know, like almost like they're golf carts. But it is super heartwarming. <laughs> I'm sorry. It if is I'm being super cynical.
1: heartwarming. Jason's like, I just want to talk about the cars and the electric My, bikes. I'm like, dude, old people are getting friends. It's heartwarming. Uh, good job, right. good job. And and shout out to Papa, right. Shout out. Shout out to Papa. Up next on the show, because you think it's over, but it's not. It's not. Another edition of everyone's other favorite, J-Trades and the Blueprint. Just like hits.
0: Mm. You're just the hit maker. There you go. Up here. God, this Week in Climate and uh, VC Sunday School. Killing it. All right, everybody. Welcome back to the Blueprint. This is episode six, part six of a 10-part quick hit mini series. Can you believe we're now past the halfway mark amazing I want to get right into it today. I want to talk about how to get ahead of trends, how to master future mediums. I get asked this all the time. How did you get in early on Twitter, twitter.com slash Jason? How'd you get in early on zines in the 90s? How'd you get in early on the internet itself? How'd you get in early on blogging and sell weblogs Inc before most people even knew what blogs were? How'd you get in early on angel investing and syndicates? How'd you get in early on podcasting? I get this question all the time. And so I'm going to give you a couple of frameworks here, just different ways to frame how you look at the world, right? So framing is critically important. If you look up uh, behavioral psychology, organizational psychology, you'll find something called framing. It's a school of thought. It's a technique, how you look at the world, right? So we t- I like to talk to people about how they frame things. When you first look at something and you spot something very early, let's say it's TikTok. Your friend tells you about it. Uber, DoorDash, Airbnb, Twitter, podcasting, pick a trend. Could be NFTs, right? Blockchain, Bitcoin. It's very easy to look at something, and humans take a very pessimistic view early on. We're scared creatures. Why are we scared creatures? Why do we take a pessimistic view at the new? Well, we take a pessimistic view at the new for a reason. When you meet something new in nature and you're like, wow, look at that big furry thing, and then it shows you these giant fangs, you're like, oh, that's a mountain lion. The people who would run up and be like, oh, there's something new, let's give it a hug, would get eaten where they would be like, let's try this piece of fruit, and it would be poisonous, right? So we're conservative, being conservative in nature, in DNA, uh, avoiding new things really does make you live longer. New thing might be a river that you come across, somebody jumps in the river, they try to swim across it, alligator gets them, the tide gets them, boom, they just get pulled by the rush of the river and go off a 1000 foot uh, waterfall, you get the idea. So you have to retrain yourself to be an early adopter. And there's this, of course, chart that you see all the time, early adopters on one side, laggers on the other, and the and the majority, right? And there's like the, the faster majority and the slow majority of people when they adopt technology or trends. I like to, as an individual, um, look at these new trends, and instead of being scared of them, I like to be curious about them, right? And I like to look at them and say to myself, what if they work, right? And so you want to anticipate, that these things that look like they're not going to work are going to become something big, and usually it takes three, four, five tries for something to actually stick. That's one thing I've learned in technology. So, you know, we had things like Six Degrees of Separation in the '90s. Uh, then you had Friendster and MySpace. You had all these attempts at social networking, and it eventually got to MySpace, Friendster, and then this knockoff company called Facebook that just knocked off what Friendster was doing. If you look at the original designs, it looks pretty similar. Uh, But Friendster couldn't be kept up and running and MySpace let people design their own pages like GeoCities did before that, which was another community and GeoCities and MySpace looked sloppy and wasn't organized. So it it was hard to get adoption. Long story short, those things basically were the precursors to what eventually became social networking. So if you were early to MySpace, but were cynical about Friendster and Facebook, you might have missed being a, an influencer or really leveraging social media and building companies in that space, like Instagram or now even TikTok. If you take the time between when TikTok showed up and when Six Degrees was around, it's it's over 20 years actually. Or you know when MySpace was around, you know you're talking about the 2005 era, 2006 era of social networking to now. You know it's coming on 20 years, and then you have TikTok show up. So things can still show up later on that become big. What I do when I see these things is I assume they're going to work. I assumed Twitter was going to work, and I just totally engaged it. I was the number two user on Twitter at one point in time. I kid you not, in the first year. It was Robert Scoble, myself, and then I, this uh, senator, uh, Barack Obama, who was running for president and was in the primaries and was wowing everybody in the primaries. And he also had nothing to lose, and it's so very early adopted. So uh, you want to anticipate that changes are coming. You want to look at the early projects and have a very open mind. Now you're going to be like, oh, J. Cal, you've been so not open minded to crypto. No, not true. I had Bitcoin. And I wrote a story about Bitcoin when it was under a dollar. I was concerned about all the frauds going on. But uh, you know, with all those frauds going on, that was different than me looking at the fundamental core technology and saying, Hey, there's something interesting here. I still think there's some interesting things as in terms of more internet (laughs) uh, from it. So assume things are gonna work, you know, you you don't want to give up on these new platforms, you want to be curious and investigate them. I did this. A number of times, I told you about Twitter. I also did it with blogging, and I did it with podcasting. When I started in podcasting, it was literally an iPod. And before I did, uh, you know, you would you would basically upload your MP3 file, and then it would use a piece of software which called the Podcatcher at the time, which would take a download on your desktop of an MP3 and put it into an album. It would hack the iPod and create an album called podcasting, and it would just put a file there. There were no RSS feeds you know, with all the fancy episode numbers and everything back then the standard was very, very um, janky. Uh, But Dave Weiner created that standard uh, RSS in the 90s, then they included audio links in it, then the Apple iTunes store began uh, supporting it. And that's where you see that famous clip of me uh, asking Steve Jobs about Apple's support of podcasting. We'll play that clip right now. Will you be able to add any RSS feed to the or any podcasts RSS feed to itunes or is it only through the store oh you'll know, be able to add anything you want completely open we're just working with the open standards out there yeah and will you uh help companies like ours uh sell podcasts you know be an audible so if we wanted to sell a podcast through your service would you uh help us do the fulfillment um you know we're planning on having all the podcasts be free at first but uh zing me an email with what you've got in mind and we're open to anything Sa- same email i always send it to you yep okay you <laughs> So I just believed in it. And with, pod, and with my friend Brian Alvey, when we did Weblogs Inc., I just believed in it early. Uh, and in fact, he was uh, on the podcast recently. Some people say I sold Weblogs Inc. too early. Certainly, if I kept running it, it would have been worth more, but I needed the money then because I had no money. And somebody offered me a lot more money than it was worth at the time. So I had no choice but to take it. And nobody knew at that time that some crazy Swedish streaming service uh, would then decide to go into podcasting or that this crazy Swedish music streaming startup called Spotify would actually be anything and figure out streaming music. So all these weird things will happen. And in fact, I wrote a blog post. Here is that blog post, the blog post I wrote in 2015. After I had been blogging, I had been podcasting for six or seven years at that time. And previously i had been doing uh, streaming, we had real networks and we used to stream live radio shows. Anyway, I said Howard Stern should get out of terrestrial should get out of satellite radio just like he left terrestrial radio for satellites SiriusXM, sxm. And he should go do a deal with Spotify or just start offering his subscription directly or Apple should sign him up for iTunes and add this as a content offering. Well, five years later, Joe Rogan signed a $100 million deal and a lot of people think Joe Rogan is the successor to Howard Stern in terms of doing long form interviews. And certainly Joe Rogan uh, has talked many times about how you know, he was a big influence. So that blog title was Howard Stern's easy billion dollar payday, uh, courtesy of Spotify or an app. And I'll just read you this little excerpt that I wrote, uh, because I think it is telling it's time for Howard to leave satellite and go direct to consumers or join Spotify, either of these will make him 1 billion. Here's what Howard's 3. Howard would 3.0 would look like 1.0 was terrestrial 2.0 was satellite one Howard tapes the show at any time. No more waking up 4am and worrying about not being able to take Beth to parties. That's his wife. If you want to start at 10am or 1pm or 10pm, go for it. What I'm pointing out here is like he, he wouldn't be tied to like a schedule, right? Um, and that's exactly what's appealing about podcasting. Howard tapes a show from anywhere at any time. Want to stay out in the Hamptons tape when you're in LA? Sure, go set up a couple of microphones and just go. Howard famously built a studio in LA started do, or Sirius XM built one out there. He did some interviews and then he now tapes From his basement at his Hamptons home, uh, because of COVID. So those two things have all come to pass. And Howard started doing shows later in the day, etc. Three, never have a boss. Howard could uh, not have to negotiate with SiriusXM. Four, provide your entire catalog free or for subscribers on the internet. Okay, what is the archive of Joe Rogan worth? Joe Rogan tapes at any time. He does it from Texas. He does it from wherever he is. He He can do it when he's on the road, and he's got this huge archive, which is what. Spotify really wanted to get on there, right? They get that whole catalog, minus the ones that they felt were too spicy for some of their employees, I guess, who were, or, you know, maybe sponsors who weren't happy with them. And then allow fans to remix and make clips from the archives and repost to your site. That last one is pretty interesting. Basically, what people are doing now with our clips uh, on TikTok and other places. So, anyway, I did all that math and I just said, in that piece, I said, Howard Stern could easily drive 1 million new subs for Spotify, which at $10 a month would generate 120 million a year, 560 million market cap increase. And so when I did that math, it actually follows exactly like the Joe Rogan math, almost to a scary amount possibly, uh, because they gave Joe Rogan, I believe 200 million or something for a couple of years. And so this is how you can predict the future. You just assume it's gonna work. And when you assume it's gonna work, oh my Lord, do you seem clairvoyant? Because a lot of things work. Now, most things don't, but a lot of things do. And the benefit you get from believing in a platform early, or believing in a technology early is you get to reap the rewards because you get to understand it and build before anybody else even knows what it is. Now, sometimes you can go off on a rabbit hunt. People who are in VR spent 30 years building VR experiences, and they threw it all away. Nobody ever really used their technology, right? And to this day, VR is still minor. People who are in early on VR, though, this is what Zuckerberg is hoping. Maybe they become the standard and they reap the reward. And so all of that, you know, when I was talking about Howard Stern, you know, having subscribers possibly and podcasters driving subscriptions for a platform like Spotify, you know, when I was talking about that, it was it's very interesting because it also put me on the road to appreciating other s- subscription businesses. We famously invested in com.com before anybody else believed in consumer subscriptions. And they said, that's stupid. Who's going to pay money to buy meditation content you can get for free on YouTube? Uh, and they got millions of subscribers. And then we did Fitbot and Steezy, Tonebase, uh, and uh, Fluid Forever and Musician. We found other reoccurring consumer subscriptions. And of course, that's led me to do J trading in Warner Brothers Discovery and Disney because of Disney Plus. I figured out early just because of my use of podcasting that subscriptions would be coming. And then it led to me investing in a bunch of companies. Now I missed some I passed on Masterclass. I didn't get an opportunity to invest in Shrava, but I use slopes for skiing. Uh, I use zero for fasting. Consumer subscriptions have become amazing businesses. So what you might learn from getting in early on something is not just how it applies to that one company, but how it applies to all of business. Right now, there's a final word here, you're saying, hey, what about fads? What about things that fade? All right, let's think about the cost, the downside risk, let's say you went all in on VR in the 90s, and it didn't become something. Well, you may have learned that hardware is really hard. And you may have learned that processors are not ready to do the fidelity or screens are not ready to do the fidelity that is necessary for VR. So what do you do? Well, just like Steve Jobs, they presented him with the iPad first. And he's like, you know what? This touchscreen isn't very responsive. The battery life sucks. What if you made a small one and we made a phone first? And he famously said, phone, then iPad. Because if we wait to do the iPad in a couple years, we'll have sold a bunch of these phones, we'll know how the touchscreen works, we'll get the battery life better, we'll get the processors will be faster. And then the iPad will be snappier. And anybody who used the original iPad, it didn't feel very snappy. Uh, Can you imagine if they were released three years earlier and had a bigger screen and more to process? Exactly now, and you look at NFTs right now. Do I think Bored Apes and you know, this uh, other NFTs are going to be around in 10 years? I don't, I actually think, you know, Bored Ape Club, and, uh, you know, all these other, you know, popular ones, I think they're probably going to be remembered as Beanie Babies, they'll trade for nothing, they'll be like some weird group of people who's really into them, like people are into Dungeons and Dragons or, you know, certain comic books or whatever. I don't think that those are actually going to be the winners. It's possible they were so was this one like uh, crypto punks, I think all of those will trend, you know, down as newer better ones. So these ones will be the Friendster and the MySpace board apes. Crypto punks, if you own them, I would sell half your position if you're up. If you can fractionalize it, or if you own two, sell one um, and bank that money. Because I think they go the way of, I'm not kidding, MySpace and Friends, which is they'll be the precursor to some Facebook, Instagram, TikTok that's yet to come. Something more sophisticated with more features that's faster, better, and delights users more, has more utility in the world. Now, what does that mean for you? Well, part of understanding this is having played with those. So I used to play with all the social, you know, products out there Flickr uh, had friends and, you know, before, you know, Facebook even existed. So you can learn a lot by playing with a fad and then apply it to the next one that arrives. Industry changing trends, um, they continue to repeat and rhyme. And so once you get into it, you have that flow, just like Eminem can just rap, and when he talks, he just talks and raps sometimes. So if you ever see that great Anderson Cooper 60 Minutes interview, you realize the guy has been rhyming words so often and been thinking about how to rhyme words that it's preternatural for him. It makes him uh really just understand the chessboard in a way that like a grandmaster does. And there are people who are so good at poker that they can just read what's happening in the situation one, two, three, four, five, ten percent better than anybody else at the table. Or some people, when they're playing chess, just kind of get a feel for it, right? It becomes intuitive. Well, what I hope for you is you start examining, quote unquote, fads, you know, which are attempts to change the world, and you start looking at those trends and become good at spotting trends early, evaluating them, understanding them, being curious about them, investigating them, soaking in them, and then you'll just become so much more clever at spotting the next one and exploiting the next one. And that's really what I've made a career of, right? Uh, I've really just been able to understand these new mediums. Newsletters is what I didn't even bring up here. I've been doing newsletters since the nineties and I figured out how newsletters work, and inside.com is crushing it on newsletters. So I hope this helps. I hope you enjoyed the blueprint. All ten parts will uh, live at slash the blueprint. And we'll make short videos out of this. Hey, if you want to impress me, I'd love for somebody out there to take these TikToks and make me versions of them. If you make a great one, maybe I'll buy it from you on spec and put it on our YouTube channel. Uh, Or if you're a super fan, just do it because you want to and you want the shout out, whichever you prefer. Uh, I'm happy to pay for it. Or if you make a great one and it trends on uh, TikTok or YouTube shorts, uh, I'm happy to shout you out or do you a favor. All right, everybody. See you next time. Bye bye.